I'm Liren Garrahy and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter to feeling laughed at to their no laughing matter moments. Like the other day, the, the chat came up about getting a puppy and I'm there, yeah, I'm well up for that. Like, <laughs> She's like, you jerk <laughs> She was there like, not even toe the line here, like just straight out I'm there. Now I'm with the kids and that definitely could do with a puppy. What about a cat as well? <laughs> Go all in. Former international rugby player and now broadcaster Donica O'Callaghan is my guest this week. He talks to me about losing his dad at the age of six, thriving off negative feedback during his international rugby days, and, of course, that iconic shorts moment. I hope you enjoy. Donico Callan, you are extremely welcome to the laughs of your life. Cheers, thanks for having me. About time, if I, do, if I don't mind saying. I've been waiting, Duran, I've been waiting. No, you haven't. You, you haven't listened to a single episode. Uh, yeah, OK, fair enough. <laughs> But you're passing, well, it's more to be your buddy, you know, that ah, way. I'm passing you on the corridor, kind of going, and you're there, no, I'm hanging around with Love Islanders. That's I'm not, not true. I'm not hanging around with old, dishevelled looking second row forwards. Give me guys that play sevens any day of the week. Oh my God. Greg. Um, you're, yeah, Greg O'Shea. Greg's go crack. Do you he know is, Greg? I do. I know him from his academy days. I, um, there was a time, honestly, rugby players were known for playing rugby. Yeah. But Greg has ruined all that. I know. Now it's about moisturizers and skinny know, jeans, isn't yeah. it? Jesus. Skinny and pr- jeans. Protein shakes and protein that. Protein shakes. Yeah, wow. His jeans are extremely skinny. They're very tight. <laughs> I, I honestly feel like telling them, you know what I mean? You need a scope there. <laughs> Me and Emma Power actually in 2FM were talking the other day about Spanx leggings. They're Spanx, obviously, Spanx are like, you know, the underwear, yeah. but they make leggings now as well. No. And I was like, Emma, you need to get these Spanx leggings. And Greg was like, what are you talking about? I was like, no, you're fine. <laughs> yours, yours are tight enough. <laughs> you're all right. Absolutely. And like, he's he's got rips in the jeans just from. Him, his knees actually exploding out. <laughs> it's not. It's not trendy or it's not cool. A style thing. No, he's just. His knees have had enough. Um, I see your RT uh, badge there on the table. You're very proud of that swinging oh, around. Unbelievable! Place. It's the accreditation. I can go anywhere with this. <laughs> like, I am tearing the guts out of my RT accreditation. I'm asking people, does it get me a discount? At like, say we're going for coffees. I'm there. Sorry, I hang around with Ryan Tuberty. Just saying, no biggie. <laughs> what do you mean I don't get the part there? RT accreditation. If I don't get into the toy show with this, there's going to be murder. Human. <laughs> I heard a rumour around 2FM today. So first of all, congratulations on Game On. Oh, cheers. Thank you. How are you getting on with it? It's nerve-wracking. I'll never slaggy off again. Yeah. I was the one that listened to the radio or watched people on TV going, they're clowns. Yeah. And now I'm there. How hard is it to go to a break? Yeah. Going to a break is so tough. <laughs> I had it the other day. Someone was chatting about soccer and you know the way up on the screen it comes rap and go to the break. Yes. And they were in the middle of explaining how Man United were going to rip Liverpool apart and you'd like just getting to the point of it. And I was there, thank you very much. See you after this break. Oh, Boom, stop. game over. And they're like... But I was there. I rapped and went to the break. Oh, and you're trying to condense things and yeah, get into news and all. Oh, it is. It's scary. Yeah, it's it scary. is. It is. But you'll get there. I will get there. Yeah. But I heard a rumor anyway around two of them that uh, you went into the RT gym the other day. Yeah. And you you were uh, you were shown around and shown how to do the weights. Yeah. Correctly. Yeah. <laughs> it, to be fair, a lovely man in there, and he was trying to help me, and he was there. Look. Yeah, I need to show you the gym. And I was there, yeah, yeah I have a fair idea of the gym. <laughs> like, I've been there since I was about 16. And he's there, no, this this gym is different. <laughs> so I was there, looks the same to me. In fact, it looks nicer. <laughs> you know, so I felt like when he left me off, like uh, throwing dumbbells off the wall and kind of like <laughs> behaving like an absolute yeah. Ape. animal. Yeah, yeah. So he's there, this guy doesn't know how to use the gym. 
So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. Okay, right. Doug, can we get down to business, please? Okay, here we go. <laughs> Whoa, there's a, there's the a change. No, <laughs> okay. Okay, Dunca, your first memory of laughter. Um, it's very hard to pick out. I grew up in a family with kind of three older brothers, younger sister, and I had the role in my house of being a kind of bit of a messer, bit of a joker, breaking the mood. My t- older brothers would all fight and um, I'd kind of slag afterwards to kind of uh, clear the air. You know what I mean? That one of them actually hit another one a great punch and that would help <laughs> solve the process of them kind of healing and stuff like that. So um, there's... I, I, there's no perfect moment of kind of going, oh, yeah, that was it. But yeah. I, I know around my family, um, I was kind of nicknamed Trickster. Just that was kind of family nickname, nickname for just doing stupid stuff to just keep the crack going within the house. And uh, I was that. Um, my brother's kind of four years older than me. One's 10 years older than me. One's kind of eight. So I was invincible around my own friends because I knew I had heavies behind me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, yeah. So, Imagine how your sister felt. Yeah. The heavies behind her. Oh, believe me. Like when we'd go out to nightclubs, there'd be some young fella chatting to poor old Emer and all four of us be in the corner like this going, jog on. Come on, head away off there, you. And she's like, come on, give us a chance here. And we're like, no, no, not a chance of that. <laughs> so, not ideal. Yeah, but um, that was it. Like When I was young, we used to hang around, a typical, uh, a swing over Murphy's Farm was the cool place to hang around. People smoked fags there. And if you were kind of younger, you might get a kick up the arse for being cheeky. But I knew I had my brother's back, so I'd walk down there. You know, it's no thing. You know what I mean? Like, no biggie. Gonna, yeah, who's going to draw me on them? You know, <laughs> so I was probably a cheeky little uh, uh, fellow to be around in terms of I knew they could bail me out of trouble. So, What was your house like? Was it strict? Was it carefree? Um, yeah, it, this is amazing. So my dad passed away when I was six. He was 40. My mom was 36. So left with five kids, kind of from 16 down to four. So it must have been really tougher and it's mad I I'd no appreciation for that Darren at the time you know what I mean you're there like but now when you have kids yourself you, like I'm there I'm 40 she had an extra child and she was on it how did she do this you know it's mental but I see her now with my grandchildren and I'm there you don't know that woman at all yeah, yeah. she's she is mary poppins she takes lollies sweets treats the whole lot they like they think she's the best thing since i spread and i'm there She's just doing that now to be nice to get into <laughs> to get into heaven because she was so tough on us growing was up. She? Absolutely, and I suppose she had to be, you know, four young boys and a little girl. But she, like we were planking it with my mom and just leaving her down or upsetting her. I remember they even been called in in school. They'd be like, "Okay, three, you're getting report cards," and you were telling your mom, and I'm there. No, can I get a report card yeah. and say, "Please <laughs> do not tell her." <laughs> what's gone on in here so um i, I suppose um yeah there, it was it was a strict house and it was kind of it was it was real kind of a, i felt like a, a little team within it that mm. we were on our own against kind of everyone like she nearly drilled us that everyone's waiting for you to slip up everyone's looking at you to okay to, to you know what i mean to yeah. kind of say they're out of control you have to and i remember manners oh my goodness manners were through the roof like just please thank you everything if it weren't if you weren't applying them and still with my mom now she is 
the manners police. A stickler for it. Yeah, yeah, it's, which is, is great. So, yeah, well, it was a tough house growing up in terms of... And do you think she would have been that strict anyway? Or do you think because of the circumstances, she kind of just went, right, if I'm to survive this and plough on with the cards I've, I've been dealt, yeah. I need to make sure, sh- I just have to, it has to be yeah. regimental. I think that was it because yeah. she's actually good crack yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like I was there God love her she had to be like that for the best part of her life yeah. for us you know what I mean Where that's not her at all she is great fun and likes enjoying herself but when we were young we didn't kind of see that side of it at all and she was um, kind of tough on us and it, it must be kind of hard for her that yeah. she had to kind of make that many sacrifices yeah. for us that even just in her own like she didn't want to be overly cross or no. just standard setting the whole time. But yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm look as a parent now, you you learn that you're there. Oh my goodness, where's yeah. that the time I was there? Would she give us a break? I know, here, you of know course. Right? So and not to get too deep too soon, but go you on, say let's go deep. You say you turn so you turned forty. Was it March? Forty, this year? big one, wasn't oh my it? God, how was that grim? Yeah, yeah. no, I'm not bad with forty. <laughs> See, in my head, I'm twenty-seven. So yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm 27. Yeah, see, we're the same age. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Owen McDermott is uh, 36. And yeah, he looks up. Sometimes he'll be like, we'll be talking about someone and he'll be like, yeah, no, she's around our age. I'm like, I'll stop, I'm going to stop yeah. you there. He's, he's not our age. <laughs> Two of us are 27. He is easily 36 going on. Like, honestly, he wants to be like, he wants to be hanging around with uh, <laughs> Brian Dobson. <laughs> That's who I do. I'm just waiting one day in RT to see the two of them getting a cup of tea. Davo and McDermott chatting it out. So 40 this year, right? The big 4-0. And as you mentioned a few minutes ago, your dad passed away at 40. Yeah. And so was that emotional for you or was it weird for you Um, to actually hit the age? Because obviously your whole life, yeah, my dad, yeah, he was 40. Yeah, he was 40. But to actually get to the age he was. And, and, And I noticed something all my brothers did when they hit 40 that I started doing. It started getting like complete medical tests, kind of going away off and getting top to toe checked over and I remember I was there kind of I'm 40 in three weeks I might just call into Tig there and just get yeah. the whole NCT see how I'm doing yeah. so and how did he pass away Dunga? Uh, he had a heart attack he had a heart attack at, at 40 so he was um, doing some work in a friend of his house so it was um, I, I just remember all I remember doing is the morning after I remember I used to always I was six so I used to sneak into my parents bed and it was always toasty and warm you know because they were yeah. just a little bit up but I, I, I actually have a real strong memory of it I remember getting in and the bed was freezing cold and I remember going up and all my aunts were in the front room and there was loads of people around the house which was really odd and I remember my mom just being so straight just being absolutely survival mode no no but just leaving me in no doubt dad dad has passed away okay yeah and he's gone and we won't see you know what i mean just being really really clear and then just a wave of kind of comfort of we're going to be okay and you know what i mean i've got this yeah and i remember just her reassurance more so than anything was incredible Mm because i remember actually coming away from that chat i Obviously, it's a mad thing to say, Darren. I was crying because I saw my brothers and other family members crying. So I didn't really comprehend the loss probably at that time. But I knew something wasn't right. But I remember just actually coming away from it going, we'll be grand. You know what I mean? Mom's got this. So just need to fall in line. And uh, yeah, but to your point, like... 
I, then when you hit 40 yourself yeah, yeah. and you're there wow like Janie like even you know for the stuff that he missed out on with his family and stuff like that you yeah. know like it isn't until you have your own kids you see the gold you know that and you're there wow just you know it must have been tough big time I thought this was about laughs you're going to have me bawling my eyes out <laughs> It is about Church. laughs. It will be eventually about great laughs. But now I want to hear about the first time you felt laughed at. Oh, yeah, the whole time. Welcome to my world. I am the constant butt of a joke. You know what I mean? So, and I don't mind that. Like, Jenny, my wife, sags me that if, if I had a superpower, it is to, to live in a cringeful moment for as long as I do. I just, lo- you know, the kind of uh, Kirby enthusiasm, David Brent moments. I just managed to get myself in them. <laughs> And just actually love being in them. Just like, she's there. I am dying for you here. And you don't. And I'm there. I'm, I'm quite fine with this. It's okay. <laughs> like, the one that stands out to everyone is the when I played and my... my shorts ripped shorts off. Shorts ripped off. <laughs> and I, I'm there like this. You know, like everyone. Like I could see my teammates going red, going, oh my God, God, love him. God, look at the color. And I'm there looking at them going, are you all right? You okay? What are we going to call it this line because we really should move on here. <laughs> so, what was that moment like for you? I, I, when the, the shorts came off? Yeah. <laughs> what went through your head? Do you know what? Um, obviously, straight away, I was there just kept... They brought me out a pair of shorts. And we're chatting about skinny jeans and Greg O'Shea there. That's exactly what <laughs> happened. They gave me a pair of shorts that were fit for Peter Stringer. And you know when you put on a pair of jeans or a pair of shorts and you know when they hit your knees, they're going nowhere. <laughs> So I got them to my knees and I tried that little number and, and then everyone else was gone. They were started, they were like, he's putting on his short, he, he'll catch up. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do here? So I, I couldn't put them on. They just wouldn't go up the pair that they brought me out. So I'm standing in the middle of the pitch and I'm just there with, with a decision. I stand here in these... Hot pants. Yeah. Or I just joined the lads. And like that was it. I was there like, there's no point standing here. I might as well just walk up to the liner. And it's so funny. I'll never forget. There's two people's faces. I won't forget. Mike Phillips, their opposition yeah. nine. He, he like, he, he, honestly, he just couldn't believe how bizarre it was. And... And then David Wallace, our, our teammate, and this is the beauty of Wally. He's the nicest guy of all time. I'd kill for him, but he, he's not the brightest when it comes to stuff like this. Yeah. He was convinced myself and Paul O'Connell organised that. To throw them? No, to make him lift me in, oh. in my jocks. You know what I mean? Because we moved him up to the front of the line out. And he was, yeah. if, if you ever watch the clip back, please do yourself a favour. Look at David Wallace, who's behind me. And it, like, he's there, what the is going on? It's just so bizarre for him. So, uh, yeah, that kind of, there's, do you know what though? With that moment, like, it's not going away. Is that your phone beeping? No, that's my um, watch for training. <laughs> Apologies. I have a timer set for eating. <laughs> You don't. I do. Do you actually? Sorry. What do you do to be eating right now? Anything. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of, when I was training really well, if I had every three hours, I felt good. Okay, right, okay. Apologies. No, that's all right. No, that's fine. Have you got chewing gum or anything I could chew on? (laughs) (laughs) The leg of the table there. I'm going to start nibbling your arm. (laughs) Okay, so that iconic, anyways, you've always felt a bit laughed at, but you enjoy it. And actually, I had Paul Howard on the podcast before. And he said the same thing, you know, it's just his thing. He knows people are laughing at him, but he accepts it. He doesn't get offended. He actually loves it and thrives off it. And I I get it now where people walk against me and they just start laughing. You know what I mean? So they might have remembered something I did or and they're just like, (laughs) and I'm there. 
just laughs at me there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, thank you very much. It's like but a joke that everyone's in on. It's like, oh, yeah. don't look at him there. Yeah, yeah. But then you get uh, kind of stereotypes, don't you? Like, yeah. And that was a big one within the rugby stuff. So like Paul O'Connell was always seen as really intense and... Yeah. Mario he, Rosenstock's impression of him is kind of what people see him as. You know, exactly. Like, he, he's brilliant fun. He's probably the best guy you could be around. But yeah. then when he, like when we'd come out and do media, they'd say to us, like, uh, how's the intensity in camp? How's Paul O'Connell? You know, because he's the only one that can yeah. judge intensity off. And for me, it was like, what's the crack around camp, Donners? <laughs> you know, what are you at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You scallywag. <laughs> and I'm there, I've actually trained my guts off for this you know what I mean like yeah of course yeah, and, and would that get annoying actually that stereotype yeah it does a little bit yeah it does because you, uh, uh, well and look I'll be honest it was really easy for me Darren, because that's so easy yeah if you, you know what I mean I'd yeah. rather leave them see that side of me than the lunatic that wants to work you know what I mean really uh, yeah yeah I, I'd rather have kept that guarded so I'm there I can hop the ball that's good actually there's a, there's a comfort in yeah, it was a, nearly a deflect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I could just kind of go... You're like, oh yeah, you can think I'm a joker all you want, but I'm actually in you, the background. You don't know me at all. Yeah, you know yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of way. So. There's a safety there. Yeah. The one I used to get a kick out of was Andrew Trimble. So like, Andrew Trimble is the greatest fun you'd ever come across in your life. He's just brilliant company. Always go crack. You should get him on. He's brilliant fun. Right. But he... Um, I'll send you on the number there. We just <laughs> call it out live and people can ring Trimby. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> But he, uh, uh, so he's religious though. Yeah. And, and just straight away, everyone's there like, oh no, he can't be fun. He's religious, yeah, you know. Yeah, so you, you, um, they're there. Who are you hanging around with at the moment, owners? And what's the crack? And there, I'm getting a great crack, a laugh out Andrew Trimble. And they're like, Trimble, the fellow reading the Bible in the corner. <laughs> and they're, no, he's actually taking the piss out of everyone else. Yeah, so yeah, they pigeonhole but, people. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, okay, next question, Dunder. Oh, keep them coming. The moment when, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. Oh, uh, there's, yeah, it's hard to, do you know what? Um, we, it used to be one of our sayings around the rugby. If you couldn't laugh, you'd cry. Mm. And it would be like when things are going so badly wrong or that you are so, not underfunded, but you so underprepared compared to everyone else. So professionalism, like I came in at the start of professionalism, and we were kind of slow to adapt. We kind of had culture and tradition, but we didn't have the best of equipment. So mm-hmm. we, you're constantly coming up against teams that have cryotherapy, the best training centers. We used to have dumbbells that were odd weights. You know what I mean? So like it, yeah. it, one was like a 37 and one was a 35. So you'd have to do a set and swap <laughs> arm. And, and this is, and like we were there, our sayings were like, oh, when this place goes pro, lads, there'll be no stopping us. But yeah. then, and then it was always the retort. If you couldn't laugh, you'd cry. And that's honestly, that's rugby. That is, the, a dressing room is that's the best way to describe it, a dressing room. It can go from being so killer. So it can go from, Darren, your defence is terrible. And if you don't get your defence right, we're all going to fall down on it. Yeah. And then, like, being so blunt and honest with you, giving you the absolute uh, greatest critiques. And then someone comes in along and starts lagging, Darren can't defend! <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Or yeah, just, yeah, yeah. And it's just the kind of light and shade of a, a kind of a dressing room. There's nothing jumping out, but... It, it, no, I know, I, that, that essence of... I, I know what you're saying, but on the dressing room thing, like, I would often... Like, I'm not the biggest rugby person. If there's a big match on, I'll watch mm. it or whatever. 
But I love the kind of the more the drama around it all. Like at half time, rather than listen to what the pun is, I'll, I'll be just thinking about the dressing room being like, say if Ireland are down or whatever, being like, what is going on in there? I'd yeah. love to see the theatre that's going on in there. <laughs> and is it that? Is it theatre? Like, is it, it drama? It probably was before, but it's now really structured. So is it? Yeah. So they broke it into kind of segments. So you come in and the first two minutes is to yourself to get yourself right. And there's actually a rule. No chatting. Really? You know what I mean? Okay. Because what ends up happening, you're so hyped up, guys fill the air with just, we need this sort out. Yeah. So it's like, let's calm this all down. Take two minutes, take a breath. And then it goes defence coach then you break into sections forward coach it's really boring isn't it no I, I love hearing this I love this <laughs> breaks into forwards backs then the defence coach and then overall the, the main coach comes in and probably hits three points that you need to improve on and then the last bit is for the players themselves to kind of take it on but you're right at the very start it was just wild yeah. you come in at half time and there'd be full of, full of shouting over will you and it was always backs against forwards so like <laughs> backs are just these horrible skillful Greg O'Shea is a perfect example really skillful really good looking gets all the scores <laughs> and whereas forwards do all the work get no credit yeah yeah and they'd always there if the forwards got us a bit of go forward that's always a, a good back one so we can't do anything unless we're on the front and you're looking over and I'm going I'd love to knock off your <laughs> pretty little head <laughs> so oh there's, there's stuff like that and yeah. Um, yeah but the dressing room it's interesting it, it, I'll be honest though there's been days in it where you don't want to be anywhere else yeah, like I remember we won a European Cup in a Grand Slam and I, I, I remember we closed the doors and all of us were reluctant to leave the dressing room because that's where it's special and yeah. that's where like bar a few people outside the room and this is an awful thing to say but you're your family and them they think they know what you're going through but they they, they don't have no, a clue like no, they know. really don't it's only the people you probably and like the Irish team now have cr- crashed out of the World Cup and that's the exact same for them the only people that know what they're know. going through is, is within the room and they're the only ones that share the joy of it too so I saw a tweet the other day you might have seen it it uh, kind of went a bit viral it was like before you at players on Twitter and tell them what you thought of their performance be it good or bad whatever it is please just stop and don't do it because you feel you know passionate in the heat of this moment they're the people who are going to be lying awake at night staring at the ceiling saying why didn't I take that step or why didn't I do that or why didn't I make that tackle I'll be honest when like we crashed out in 07 that was probably the and like it's a scar on your career but I actually craved people slagging me and slating me I, it was like I needed it I needed people to tell me I was crap I was Why? rubbish I, I don't know it's mental it, like I was there I, I actually felt bad walking around that I'd you, you just like you, you sacrifice so much but then when you come up short and you perform poorly and they'd all admit that I'd admit that in 07 I didn't play well you kind of, you feel like a fraud and you, you don't mind taking the punches. Normally you fight the punches. Yeah. You're there like, he doesn't know me, they don't know what I'm about. Yeah. Whereas after a massive scar on your career like that, you're there like, they're dead right. Really? One out of ten, he gave me one more than I probably should have gotten, the slating ratings. There's these things in the paper that they, they rate your performance. Like, they don't matter to anything. But what ends up happening is your family read them. Like so, yeah. Yeah, like you couldn't care less what some journalist thinks. But then you ring uh, you ring home and your mom's there. Never mind that fella that gave you three out of ten. I thought you played. Well. And you're there. I didn't know he gave me three I out know. of ten. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but no I do it reminds me of the night I, I was on the late late there recently and afterwards I thought you were brilliant oh thank you yeah. swap chairs so I'm saying that swap <laughs> chairs put her in the game put her in the game After- keep it warm for two years Ryan you're out then buddy <laughs> Afterwards, I was like on Twitter, like I was like, you know, I kind of didn't go on Twitter for about half an hour and I went on then and it was, it was positive. And I was like, I was not expecting that. That's brilliant. Whatever. (laughs) Super, super, super. And I was buzzing then. I was like, that's great. And my sister WhatsApps me and goes, Dee, you're absolutely deadly. Ignore what people are saying on the RT1 Facebook page. I was like, I don't, I don't, what? Why would you tell me exactly where to go to find it? I wasn't even looking and there. did you? Yes, I did. Of course, I went. And it was like, who's this idiot? Does she think she's funny? Yeah. Tubbs pretending to laugh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I kind of get what you mean about seeking out the the negativity as well. Oh, yeah. I think there's something in that as well in, in terms of you kind of, you kind of go, if I read every bad comment and I take it, every one of them in, they can't really hurt me because I kind of, I know they're all there. I've seen them all. Yeah. And you kind of go, yeah, no, some of it is actually true. Some of it isn't true. But at least I've seen it all and now I can process it. For me, it was even different. Like, you, you kind of nearly want to be flogged. You, you want to be stoned. You're there like, this, I haven't performed. I have no problem taking this on board. All these are right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and that's the worst bit because you, you put so much into it. Like, it's nuts that you... Like, everyone says it's a four-year cycle for a World Cup. It's not really because you never think I'm going to be good enough to play in four years' time. Okay. Well, maybe Brian O'Driscoll thinks that and a few more, <laughs> like the, the Conor Murray, they're good enough to think like that. But the majority of lads are there 18 months out going, OK, there's a World Cup coming around the corner. Yeah. I need to be good enough to get on it. And then you would not believe the sacrifices you make in just terms of your family time, your mm. personal time to just... And make sure that you're there. And then when you underperform, you 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 actually don't want to hide away from it. You uh, you want to nearly take it on the chin and just put your hand up. Yeah. I remember when I came back from that World Cup in 07, though, Declan Kidney's there. Uh, I, I, this is my Declan impression. I'm going to do you a favour. And I was there, uh, yeah. He's I'm going to tag you out on Friday night. <laughs> so, like, I was honestly, you landed on Tuesday and I played on Friday Stop. night. But it was, it, it, he knew me as well. He knew that was medicine for me. I just needed to get out and start playing again. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And Back into it. Yeah, feel right. Okay, Donegal, you're no laughing matter moment in life. Um, <laughs> a moment where you can poke a laugh out of everything, can't you? Do you think? Oh no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> help me here. Help me stir something off. I no don't laugh. know. Maybe loss. Well, I suppose we've dealt with loss a bit earlier on, or like I suppose maybe an injury. Yeah. Um. No. I. Uh, Do you feel like you've kind of got off scot free injury wise? Oh, well, I, it, it's simple for me. I, I like if you. <laughs> My teammates like you have to put your heart, head in a hard place to get injured, and you were always too soft to do <laughs> stuff like that. So uh, it, injuries didn't kind of come. And as well, you have to be explosive and powerful. My, my position, uh, like honestly, it's like a dump truck. You, you just go around in second gear. You don't run fast ever, and yeah. you just hit things. Yeah. And like that, I was just perfectly made for my position. Yeah, but all it takes is one hit, one bad hit. Yeah, but I uh, like uh, Dennis Lee, me, uh, my teammate, and John Fogarty slag me, and they say you're so lucky you found the one position in the one sport that you could you could not not do well in but just play 
You know what I mean? And like I'm kind of I don't know. I think that's an underestimation of your You haven't seen me play. Yes, I have. You've been too so. I understand that, but I tried playing six at one time, and I remember being behind the post, and it was David Wallace and Anthony Foley again. And I was there. No, I get it. If the nine runs, I tattle them and lead it, and they were like, "We went through this in training about twenty <laughs> times with this clown," and like he waits till we're under the post to go. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's clicked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what was the question? You're not. You're no laughing matter moment. But I mean, you haven't. Look at you're very lucky, Donica. You haven't really had one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's, there is something. Um, I suppose moving from Munster was no kind of... Um, that was tough. That yeah. was tough for me. And it was kind How of... How many years were you in Munster? 17. 17. Yeah, it's a long time. Unbelievable. It? Yeah. And so that decision was tough? Yes, it was. But I knew if I stayed there, I would... I would start to resent the place and I loved it too much yeah, to be let that happen. Yeah, to be that kind of fella that would drain or drag away from the team. So yeah. um it was it was a, a tough one to do, but um kind of glad I did it as well because it gave me an appreciation for the place. And how long were you gone then? Three years. And <laughs> so when I retired the, the, uh, I'm name dropping now, but Brian O'Driscoll sent me a text message and he was there, Donner's fair play to you. Seventeen years you were top of the bus and you gave it everything fair play to you but then you tore the arse out of it for the last three years <laughs> and they're the ones I'm on about the dressing room that yeah. you, like that yeah. is completely honest and true yeah. I was there like yeah. he's right he's dead right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tore the arse out of the last three years so and family wise how did you sort that out it was nuts it was a bit crazy I, I, I swear to God I'm blessed with Jenny she's like so good for me and our family she like she knew she knew I still wanted to play and she was there like, and she was encouraging me. She was there, you need to get this done because I don't want you hanging them up because you think, you know, family-wise. So yeah. I was I was commuting over and back to uh, Worcester, so five o'clock flight on a Monday morning into Birmingham Stop. and then kind of get home after the match and there was never a flight to Cork from Birmingham so I'd have to get into no. Dublin, air coach back down. Stop. And the one that used to kill me was uh, the time to check in, you know, with the airline. <laughs> when you they send you a little reminder yeah. going, time to check in. Yeah. And oh yeah, I was, so you're there, okay. But the time the kids wake up here, I've 18 hours with them. So I actually wasn't even being a good dad. Like in terms of. of well, no, like if they, if they were being a little bit naughty or bold, I was there. You know, I'm only seeing him for 18 hours here. I can't go mad. Yeah. yeah. yeah so like, then Jenny's the villain. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and still is. <laughs> like the other day, the, the chat came up about getting a puppy and I'm there. Yeah, I'm well up for that. And I like, <laughs> She's like, you shut the She was oh. there like, not even toe the line here. Like just straight out. I'm there. Now I'm with the kids and that. <laughs> Definitely could do with a puppy. What about a cat as well? <laughs> go all in. <laughs> so yeah oh she gosh. is god love her she is the only uh, bit of sense around the house but she she's is, selfless uh, obviously yeah but, but like i mean it's they say it well usually it's it's mothers they say it about you mm. know how working mothers you know a happy mom is is happy kids like yeah. if they don't want to give up their job they shouldn't have to do that mm-hmm. and but it's the same for dads like you wouldn't have been okay to just to, to hang up your boots and so you wouldn't have been happy no. that would have had an effect on the family but you see, I, 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 I've no problem saying that, but I was completely selfish. It was honestly, it was all about like there, like there's times where I've had my breakfast before my kids. You know what I mean? That I, and, I, and it's because I know I'm training in like less than 90 minutes. And if I don't get this meal in, I'm going to puke in the middle yeah. of that session. Yeah. Whereas 
you know, they're my little kids waiting on their cornflakes and then they're two minutes there and poaching an egg. You know what I mean? But like, it, it's nuts when you're in a professional environment, you, you're you you're so selfish. You yeah. really are. And yeah. you're just, you would do anything for performance. And I, I suppose it, it took me to kind of get to the other side of that to kind of, kind of cop on a little bit and yeah. took me breaking down in the middle of the greatest showman I was that, that was my time to retire I was in Worcester with my housemate over there Matt Cox grey phone and we were watching um, the greatest showman for probably the third time because <laughs> we had a cinema card and you could get in and it killed an evening and then it came to you know that from now yeah, on yeah, yeah. I was there like this <laughs> I'm retiring kid and he was there about time man you have <laughs> <laughs> so I that tipped it. me over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dunka, a time where you had the last laugh. Um, I don't. I, I don't think I get them. I do, like I said to you, the cringeful moments. Like uh, the, I, I hate going back to rugby the whole time. But uh, like my teammates used to sag me because I was so keen for kind of um, any little advantage. I knew I wasn't as talented as the rest of them, so I had to work harder. Mm-hmm. And um, like Paul O'Connell one time, I wasn't in camp, I was injured. And himself and Frankie Sheen were up in Irish camp and they were just at a loose end, obviously drinking a few coffees and just thought, like, how will we wind up donors? So they came up with, they came up with, the, they basically made up a device. They came up with a uh, out of thin air, an isosymmetric core enhancer, they called it. Not a brilliant name. Like, wouldn't yeah, you buy that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so he rang me and he was there, um, kid, um, we're up here and they're after bringing a brilliant thing into camp. It's called an isosymmetric core enhancer. It's unbelievable. Best thing I've ever used. I was there, what's it for? And he was there, listen, I'm telling you, it's your core. It's everything. It's class. I'm using it the whole time. I was, uh, and I, I didn't even pause. I was there. Uh, the visa card number is 431. <laughs> So I gave him it straight away. And then then they started, like, they had my visa number. So they were ringing balloons and flowers to Jenny into work. <laughs> she was in Boston Scientific at the time. And she was there, thanks a million for the balloon. I was like, what is she on about? And then, like, my old coach and Christians and then Con were getting all these kind of, like, hampers. <laughs> the lads were up yes. above. With my so I've never really got him back for that. But, like... That's my stupidity, you know what I mean? No, but you technically had the last laugh because Jenny thought you had done something nice for her, so the last laugh was yours. No, because I told her straight away. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, mean, I like that. But like, I, I, I love stuff like that. I love that they were up and then Cam's just thinking, yeah. do you know what? That'd be a bit of crack because your man's an awful clown. He'll completely <laughs> buy that we've actually made up an isosymmetric corn answer. I still think there's a market for an isosymmetric corn answer. <laughs> You know what I mean? Just you like need to TM that. Yeah, but like you're on about the Spanx pants, something like those that yeah. um, give you electric shock. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. that stimulates <laughs> nerve endings. Boom! Call it an isosymmetric corn answer. <laughs> There's no stopping us. I love it. <laughs> Business idea is established. <laughs> okay, Donica. If laughter wasn't the best medicine, what would be? Oh, oh, jeez, I'm gonna get. Corn. Some people say what? Love. What? It's all about love, isn't it? Love's a drug. <laughs> no, it is, oh, but geez, like... You hit me hard there. Yeah, I was about to be like, some people no. say chocolate, some people say blah, blah. No, no, it's mad, it isn't until you kind of see your kids and you just, that kind of, I, I, you know what I mean? You don't really know it until you kind of go through it. And I get that with my family. So, yeah, I think it kind of comes out in laughs and jokes and stuff like that. But there is... There's something beautiful about 
I, 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 like not only going two ways but being loved as well oh jeez you're going to slag the arse off me I know like you were there you're wait till I get into the lads in 2FM Tara Short's going to wedgie you <laughs> but no I, am I wrong for saying that's no, no, perfect yeah I, perfect. I, I'm, I, I'm a lover and I like being loved <laughs> I can't cope. This is the cutest thing ever. Okay, Donegal, your quick fire round. Oh, no. No, I'm dreading this bit. What? It's easy. Okay. The We're... movie you always laugh at. Oh, um, me, myself and Irene. Brilliant. Yeah, it's just, it's very, very funny. I just get a kick out of it. Okay, the actor or actress you always laugh at. Oh, um, ooh. Uh, I... Do you know what? I've started watching it again with my kids and it's just brilliant. Mr. Bean. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 like it's just yeah. over the top. and uh, Iconic. Yeah. And I like those people that can make everyone in the room laugh. Yes. You know what I mean? It's not just put aside for yeah. a certain few. Yes, I like that. Um, do you read? Yes, I do. A book you've laughed out loud at? Oh, I'm fierce for autobiographies okay, and, and right. heavy, horrible books. Oh, I need to right. read a, a funny book. <laughs> Okay, the comedian then that you always laugh at. Oh, um, I love Tommy Tiernan. I just think he's absolutely priceless. And he has just, it, there's something about him that he gets Irishness like no one else yeah. does. Yeah, Hits it on the just, head. Yeah. And finally, Donica, your best or worst joke? Oh. Um, They're kind of the same thing, really. Yeah. Oh, Jeannie, there's loads, there's loads of dad jokes at the moment. And I know I'm on the tipping edge Go of... On. Go for um, it. Uh... Why don't monsters eat clones? Why? Because they taste funny. <laughs> that is the best dad joke I've ever heard. And when I tell that to my kids, I can tell them it every night and they'll be like, ah, <laughs> he's brilliant. That guy is brilliant. I'm at that point, like they're all kind of really young. So they're yeah. like, he's the man. Look at him. Look at you there. And I'm just waiting for the moment where they're, oh my God. <laughs> Here he comes. <laughs> Don't go, Callahan. I can't thank you enough for sharing the laughs of your life with me. Cheers, Darren. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to The Laughs of Your Life. I hope you enjoyed it. If there's anyone you'd like to hear from, get in touch. Tweet me at Darren Garrahy. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, and all those other things. This podcast is recorded in collaborative studios. <laughs> <laughs>